Hey everyone, this is Peter Vantine at First Love Ministries. We're so glad you could tune into the First Love podcast with Mark Fee. Today we continue one of Mark's pre-recorded sermon series entitled, When Under Great Pressure. So let's get right to the message. Here's Mark. Finally today, is I want to add two more things to kind of our tool belt of dealing with great pressure. And those two things are the purposes of God and the prize. In Romans chapter 8, there's a verse that all of you are very familiar with, Romans 8, 28, where it says that in all these things, God works together for the good of those who are love him, who are called according to his purposes. And overall, that's a good translation, but in my father's book called God's Empowering Presence, he makes a very compelling argument that instead of the way the sentence is structured in the Greek, it actually says, and we know that to those who love God, and then there is no subject for the verb. It just says, for those who love God, works all things for good. And my father's argument is that God's not really the subject because all the way through this chapter, remember, this whole chapter of Romans 8 is about the work of the Spirit. The work of the Spirit who in in verses 15, 16 has rebirthed us, that we say, Abba, Father. It's the Spirit in verse 26 where he says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know how to pray. And so now it makes sense that it's at this time, for all those who love God, we have this assurance that it's the Spirit who just before is praying on our behalf according to God's will. We can trust that the Spirit's working everything out for good to those whom God has called according to his purpose. And in this particular sentence, his purpose, it has to do where he says to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. See, what it means for him to work for good in the end means to work for his purpose. See, all too often, I think that's been mistakenly talked about that we often think that God's gonna work all things for good like it's gonna be our good. You know, our good comes at the end. In the time between the times we're engaged in that mission, remember? And the good is his purpose. That you can trust that God's working all things for his purpose. So the first purpose is that we would be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. All these things that are going on in our lives, the Spirit's praying, and he's going to work these things so that all this stuff helps for us to become more like Jesus. That's our destiny. That's why he left. That's why he sent the Spirit so that you and I could become more like Jesus so that we continue the mission of Jesus. And that's why the enemy's number one goal is to take us out, is to get you to quit. To quit on the mission at least, maybe quit on God, maybe ultimately quit on life. He's trying to get us out. So, one of the things then is after we get perspective, we get power, we get love, is that when we can focus in on the purpose. And doesn't it help sometimes to know that what we're going through, there's purpose in it, there's meaning in it. And that helps to kind of endure and to stay in it as well. One of those purposes is to become like Jesus. The second purpose is to grow our faith. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Most of you probably have heard this verse at one time or another, which I think until over these years that God grew this in me, I thought James was on drugs just like Paul. (laughs) What do I mean by that? Because he says, consider it pure joy. When you face trials of many kind. We're going to look at this other passage where Paul says, Romans 5, 3, he says, not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Remember we looked at that one in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 where he says, so I delight in my weaknesses and hardships and insults and persecutions. That sounds like somebody who's on drugs from my point of view. 
Either that or he knows something that I don't know yet. But I sure am learning and growing to know. How can they say rejoice in sufferings? How can they say consider joy when the trials come? Because again, part of that thing that sustains us and keeps us going, how we rely on God, is that then God the Holy Spirit reminds us that another purpose is that when we enter into these things, it causes our faith to grow. The enemy wants it to kill our faith, but the truth is, he said, it causes our faith to grow. See, he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because, he says, the testing of your faith produces or develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that we are mature and complete, not lacking anything. Again, it just for me, the easiest thing, I can't even tell you how many times about running and, and this verse is always working in my favor with God. Because the same way, see, it's like your leg muscles are like your faith. And see, there's a point at which you can run where your legs aren't tested. Now, I know for some of you, from the minute you start running, that you feel like they're tested. But if you run for any length of time, there's a certain distance you can go, right, where they don't feel tested. You're just cruising along, and it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden, boom. All of a sudden comes that moment when the test comes, and you start feeling a little pain. And now you have a decision to make. Either you quit... Or you have this opportunity to do perseverance. And what happens, see, is that right at that moment, it does two things. The first thing is it tells you where your muscles are currently. I'm only a one-miler at this point. Darn, thought I was three. It tells you where your muscles are at that point, but then if you will stay and continue in it, eventually perseverance will finish its work and your muscles will move from being a one-miler to a three-miler. And it's the same with our faith. See, we can be cruising along in our faith, but it's not until that moment comes, when the test comes, that all of a sudden, right at that moment, you have that choice. Am I going to keep going or am I going to stop? It's right at that moment, it tells you where your faith is in God currently, but then it gives you the opportunity to grow that faith. Whereas if you'll persevere in it, as Paul said, that's when you get to experience Jesus. That's when you get to experience his power. When you're weak, then you're strong. And eventually, he says, that becomes a part of who you are. This is the part that Paul picks up in Romans chapter 5. So Paul says, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified, and I think the better English word today is pardoned. Therefore, since we've been pardoned through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. See, this is the already. The already is that we have been pardoned by Jesus. And in that pardoning, we feel a peace and we feel a grace that's entered into our lives. Then he jumps to the future. He says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That one day when Jesus comes back and he's going to make all things new and his glory is going to come, we're awaiting that hope. And then now he speaks to this time between the times. Verse 3, he says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. See, again, that's why Paul can say this, is because even though I'm pardoned, I have peace and grace, and there's a hope that I'm waiting for. How do I get from this present peace? How do I hang on to that hope? 
He says, it's actually when the hard stuff comes. Because when the hard stuff comes, it causes me to kick into perseverance. When perseverance comes, I get to experience more of the future in this present moment. And in that, it causes me to believe that that hope is really real. And then besides all that, he says, and besides all that, the Holy Spirit keeps pouring his love fresh and anew into my heart. And I know it's real and I know it's true. And that's what keeps him going. Produces character, produces hope, grows our faith more into Christ's likeness. So the first purpose is all around this idea of growth. The second purpose is around God's glory. Ephesians 1.11, Paul says these words. He says, in him we have been chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to his will so that we might be to the praise of his glory. That mouthful is saying, look, whatever is going on in your life, God again, the Holy Spirit, is working these things for good. He's working it all out in conformity to his will so that you might be to the praise of his glory. That somebody would see you with that peace, with that grace, with that love, with that hope, enduring, having patience in it, and they'd go, wow, God. That's contemporary for hallelujah. <laughs> right? Everybody's supposed to go, wow, God. The other one I love that Paul says like that is in Philippians 1, 18 and 19. He says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, did you just hear that? I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit, relying on God the Holy Spirit, the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out, and the NIV says deliverance, but in the, in the TNIV at the bottom, in the footnote, it says vindication. I actually tried to get my father to change this and stick it up in the text itself. Because deliverance isn't his point. It's vindication, because the very next sentence he says this. He says, because I hope that now, as in always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether I live or die. He doesn't care what happens to him. The only confidence he has is that whether I live or I die, I have this assurance that I will not be shamed, but I will have sufficient courage to hang in there because then people are going to go, wow, Jesus, wow, Jesus, wow, Jesus. And that's all he cares about, not deliverance, vindication. That he was unjustly imprisoned and he just has confidence that God will vindicate this experience, but it's not for his own vindication, it's for the vindication of the name of Jesus. The glory of God. The last one that I want to refer to is 2 Corinthians 4, 7. And this is the one we, we looked at briefly before. Remember he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 and following, he says, but we have this treasure. And from the paragraph before, we recognize that the treasure that's in these jars of clay is the light, verse 4, Paul says, it's the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. See, this is the treasure that's in us, is this message. This unbelievable message about Jesus and how to have peace with God and hope in life and at the end of life. And he says, but we carry this amazing treasure in jars of clay. And remember how he said that we are hard-pressed, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then he says, 
We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by today's podcast. For additional resources and to learn more about First Love Ministries, you can visit us on the web at firstloveministries.org. Again, thanks for listening, and God bless you.